This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach. Heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrach, and we have a fantastic show for you today with someone I've known for years, and that is children's entertainer and musician, Kayla Gorin. That's coming up for you later on in the program. But first, I am delighted to introduce you to Naz Beheshti. Naz Beheshti is the author of a wonderful new book called Pause, Breathe, choose become the ceo of your well-being she is an executive wellness coach speaker forbes contributor and ceo and founder of Prananas, a corporate wellness company improving leadership effectiveness employee engagement and well-being company culture and business outcomes clients include nike omega institute columbia university and stanford university just to name a few nas has also co-founded rise to shine a nonprofit helping to alleviate the suffering of young children in haiti she lives in new york city with her husband and you can visit her online at www.nazbeheshti.com and i'm going to spell that for all of you that's n a z b e h e s H-T-I.com. Hi, Nas, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Hi, Judy. Thank you so much for having me here today. So great to have you. First of all, congratulations on your beautiful book, Pause, Breathe, Choose. Before we go any further, I love the title. It really, <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's so interesting because when I first saw it and every time I look at it, I actually do pause and take a breath and know that we have a choice. We always have a choice in what we're doing and how we do it. And and that's so heartening, especially in times like this. Nas, you credit Steve Jobs as being your first boss and mentor. And he was known as a pretty intense guy with a reputation for being sometimes challenging to work with. What was your experience working with such an impressive guy as Steve Jobs? And what did you learn from him? Well, my experience was really intense yet influential. I mean, it was, you know, something that I it was a once in a lifetime experience in terms of being exposed to such an iconic and revolutionary CEO as such as Steve Jobs. And, you know, I was young, just straight out of college and didn't really have any, any corporate experience or any professional experience to compare it to. So I ended up learning way more than I ever thought I would in my first job because it was Steve Jobs and he was very intense. You know, he was a perfectionist, laser focused, and he tended to his uh, self-care and really prioritize his well-being when there is a misconception that Steve was a workaholic. Yes, he worked really hard and you know, was very passionate about his work, but it didn't mean that he neglected his self-care. So what I learned in hindsight was that well-being drives success, and he had cracked the code in taking that holistic approach to his well-being and being the successful CEO as he was. 
Isn't that interesting? You say that he inspired you to write Pause, Breathe, Choose. What a great title, as I just mentioned. How did he inspire you to write this book? Well, he appeared in a dream that I had a couple years after he had passed. And in the dream, it was a very vivid dream. He told me that I should write a book about how my first job impacted my life and career. Hmm. And so I took his prophetic words very seriously and I soon began to write. And it was really easy in terms of, you know, the topic and my method that I share in the book was something that I was already practicing and teaching with my clients and in my life. So it was just putting it together and actually writing it for, you know, a larger audience rather than my uh, corporate clients or my private coaching clients. Sure. I know, I know that you write for Forbes magazine, which is impressive in itself. And I know that you must have a very, I get the vibe, a wonderful writing process. And because this is Find Your Bliss, I always want to share with our listeners how they can connect to their bliss as writers, as maybe budding novelists. What is your process? Was it hard to write this book? And, and what did it look like sitting down to write it? I started with the table of contents because in terms of structure, that part was easy. In terms of writing, not as easy. <laughs> it, was, it was more about speaking it rather than writing it because I never considered myself a good writer. And I, you know, have my inner critic of saying this isn't good enough and I, I don't even know where to start. But the the structure of the table of contents really helped me. But then it's like, which stories do I want to share, which is most relevant. And so having someone help me, you know, ask me the questions. So I gave my, Smart. yeah, I gave my table of contents to someone who helped me and we spoke it out and then transcribed it. And that was kind of my rough draft. It was me speaking everything. For our listeners who haven't read the book yet, what are the seven A's? Adopt a healthy lifestyle allocate plain recovery time, avoid unnecessary stress, alter the situation, adapt to the stressor, accept what you cannot change, and attend to connection with self, others, world, and universe. Those are lovely. Oh my gosh, those are so wonderful. What Are there any standout lessons that Steve Jobs taught you that you still do there's a lot, especially his healthy habits, like adopt a healthy lifestyle was something that uh, he he taught me. I mean, he meditated daily. He had a regular uh, physical trainer that he worked with and he ate really healthy. He had strong relationships. So it's it's that holistic approach that I saw was very effective with him at working at Apple, running Apple. And then another thing is um, how laser focused he was. He would say no more than yes in terms of hmm. he would figure out what he wanted, the priorities of the company and his own priorities. And then everything that fell outside of that, he would say no to because he needed to stay laser focused on what his top priorities are. And I definitely do that in in all respects from, you know, my my business, my personal life. Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, you shouldn't also be open to saying yes to something unexpected, but it's about knowing the timing, how much energy it's going to take from you. And, you know, the overall lesson is don't spread yourself too thin because you're going to compromise what you, you know, intend to set your goals on. 
So great. I love the subtitle of your book, Become the CEO of Your Own Well-Being. And you say that the ultimate wealth is well-being. What do you mean by that? Well, we can all, you know, have a fulfilling and successful career with all the money in the world and multiple homes, cars, jets, whatever, you know, you want, you name it and be surrounded by our loved ones. But what good would all of that do if you aren't well? I mean, it's you can't enjoy any of it, even if you're not into materialistic things. If you're not well and you're, you know, experiencing dis-ease, how do you enjoy all the, you know, gems, beauty and treasures of life when you don't have your health and well-being? So for me, I genuinely cannot think of any greater well wealth than my well-being. Steve Jobs showed me this, that well-being drive drives success because that's how he drove his success and sustained his energy and his clarity and innovation through taking care of himself. I understand you meditate daily, Mm -hmm. but what do you do in addition to your meditation practice? Well, I have a non-negotiable morning routine, which is an RPM method I practice, which is I rise, I pee, I meditate, (laughs) followed by movement. And excuse me for the TMI there, but (laughs) that's how you build a habit is by incorporating, according to BJ Fogg, um, you know, author of Tiny Habits, he's a behavior scientist at Stanford. And, you know, he talks about how to incorporate a habit into your life is to, um, tag it on to something that's already you're doing a routine in your day, whether it's brushing your teeth or making your coffee, whatever it is, something small that you do, do it right after that, make it simple and then, you know, reward yourself after. Um, and so that simple formula that he, you know, he uncovered and did a ton of research on is something that I practice and it really works. So I started, this many, many years ago, and I actually included his method in my book, that formula of um, creating a tiny new habit. That is why I I get very specific on, you know, right after I rise, I use the restroom and then I meditate followed by um, 20 to 30 minutes of movement on my yoga mat. And this is non-negotiable for me. Mm. I also have a gratitude practice, a daily gratitude practice, I like to bring gratitude to the dinner table and ask my husband what he was most grateful for. And I share what I'm, I was most grateful for in that day. So it's very specific to that day, not just a general uh, gratitude, but a specific gratitude. Hmm. I do a ton. I mean, I have over 80 proven business hacks and action steps, but in the book that I share. And obviously I don't do all of all 80 all every single day, but the, my morning routine and my gratitude as well as, um, you know, pause, breathe, choose the title of the book is something <laughs> I incorporate every single day, you know, especially the pause, breathe, choose multiple times a day, because that is really mindfulness in action, in my opinion. And it's very effective in making better choices. And in the end of the day, it's all about the choices you make and you, yes. you know, they can either steer you in the right direction towards your goals and feeling good and your well-being, or you make bad choices, not as good choices, and you're not as happy and fulfilled in the end of the day. 
Let's talk about mindfulness because that's such a huge part of our show. And it sounds like this is a huge part of your life and the life that you and and how you teach um, your corporate clients and the people that you work with and that you live with. Why is it so important to have mindfulness be a part of your life? Not just something you do once a week, but actually a part of your daily living. And what does it mean for you, mindfulness? Well, mindfulness for me is a practice. It's a practice, consistent practice, which awakens your mind and your heart from autopilot and enables you to experience life unfolding in the present moment. Mm -hmm. It unlocks your ability to tap into your intuition and creativity so that you can receive new information and develop new perspectives with a beginner's mind. So when mindfulness becomes a way of life, it translates into all of your choices and becomes part of your wiring, both Mm -hmm. an active state of mind and a way of being. And that's really the foundation of pause, breathe, choose. When you're mindful to pause and take a conscious breath, (laughs) you can make a better choice. And that's pause, breathe, choose in action. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's mindfulness in action. And that's how I'm able to take it off of my yoga mat and um, meditation cushion into the real world and make better choices. Right. So you're in a stressful Zoom meeting or in the olden days before this (laughs) pandemic, you know, in a boardroom and there's a stressful moment happening. What do you do? Yes, we all do have them. And I have an exercise. I either pause, breathe, choose, um, and I might breathe maybe not just one breath, but two breaths, but just to slow down and to re-engage with the present moment and choose not to let that whatever happened either spiral or choose to, to take it personally and make it a big, you know, deal. I, I, I calm myself by breathing. Mm -hmm. I also have a, um, pause, breathe, choose button at like a, Mm. it's an imaginary button on the palm of my hand and I push it. Mm. And while I'm doing my pause, breathe, choose, and I breathe and think of the color, I take a breath and count to one and see that that number one as red. And then I take a second breath and count two and see that number, you know, as yellow. And then I count to, I I keep pressing my hand, my palm. And then my third breath, I um, count to three and see that as green. Mm. So it's distracting myself. I do it much quicker, obviously, because I can't, if I need to respond, I'm not going to just sit there and <laughs> be in my, my Zen, Zen out moment and just like ignore the person. But, but I do, you know, just the act of pushing my, um, that imaginary button on the palm of my hand reminds me to relax and slow down and, um, and not, you know, get, tangled up in the moment and Mm -hmm. to re-engage in the present moment. And that breathing combined with the numbers and the colors, if I have more time, I'll do that. That distracts me from like whatever I'm feeling, the negative emotions that I'm feeling. It brings me to the present moment. I have a client who recently was in that position and she just kept breathing and kept making choices, internal choices, and went back and continued the conversation in a much calmer manner and without taking it personally. And she said it really worked. She was very happy to share that. And she she said, I wouldn't have never done that like a year ago. I would have reacted emotionally and it would have gotten ugly. 
what a better response to do exactly what you've just said and what a great thing to learn how to do it by reading this book. So we're one year in the into the pandemic and people are exhausted and they're tired and they want direction on how to move forward. And you say it's important to be able to pivot and let go. What does that mean? And can you give it us an example of what doing that looks like? Well, that's in the context I was referring more to entrepreneurs or, I mean, it could apply to anyone who is holding on to something that is no longer serving them. Um, if that is something that, you know, obviously our lifestyle has changed or working from home, work and life uh, boundaries have really blurred and there aren't that many boundaries anymore because we're, everything is, all the lines have blurred. Um, but it's about choosing what no longer serves you. And of course, mindfulness comes into play there because you have to be aware of what that is that no longer serves because we could all be on autopilot and keep doing and continuing doing things that are unhealthy for us that, you know, no longer serves us, but we're not mindful that it's not, you know, it's doing more harm than good. So having that awareness to understand what it is that is no longer serving you and then um, figuring out what better substitutes that, like another almost like swapping it out with something better so that you're not just letting go of something. It's more like upgrading either your mindset or the situation or your behavior, whatever it is, and then mm-hmm, and pivot mm-hmm. that, let go of what doesn't serve you, and then um, bring something that serves you into your life, whatever that is, whether it's a healthy habit, someone who gives you energy and that you love spending time with, whether it's virtually or you know social distanced, uh, whatever it is, but pivot and let go from what doesn't serve you. What doesn't serve you? That sounds great. I also love that you talk about prana because I, I do uh, believe it all comes back to the breath. What is prana and why is it so important? Prana is Sanskrit word for breath, life force or life energy. And this vital energy moves through everything and everyone promoting healing. So uh, sometimes this this prana life force can become blocked and it becomes blocked by our insecurities, our fears, doubt, you know, lots of people's prana have been blocked during COVID with all the, you know, fears of the unknown, feeling anxiety, all the negativity that we're experiencing blocks our prana. And so when our prana is flowing freely, then we are energized and engaged and, and can make better choices. So the quality of our prana depends on how we choose to live our life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you've been an executive wellness coach for many years. And as I mentioned, you've written numerous times for Forbes magazine. What does Pause, Breathe, Choose have to offer at a corporate level? Well, it's all about how, you know, well-being and success are intricately connected. And like I said before, the biggest takeaway from Steve Jobs' office was well-being drives success. So when employees are happy and healthy, they are more engaged and motivated, and they also have greater job satisfaction and a sense of purpose, which then enables them to have that intrinsic motivation that drives high performance. And on the flip side, the employer benefits from improved productivity, employee engagement and performance while reducing turnover and healthcare costs. So, you know, as an executive wellness coach and CEO of a corporate wellness company, I know 
what works and what doesn't when it comes to leading, you know, improving leadership, effectiveness, and employee well-being, and the the proven, you know, like I mentioned, the 80 proven business hacks and, and um, action steps in my book all help to improve employee engagement and well-being, as well as company culture and community. So there's a lot in there for companies at a corporate level and um, employees and, and anyone else, even if you're not a professional. It really applies to anyone and everyone who wants to take charge of their life and uh, become the CEO of their well-being. Did Steve Jobs encourage his employees to work out? How did he sort of um, encourage them and have them actually do it? Was there any kind of a plan or or workout facilities, uh, you know, at Apple? Like, and, and and not everyone has that ability. But how do you encourage employees to stay healthy and uh, do yoga, meditation, work out, and all the rest? Well, that's an excellent point, because back then when I was working for him, corporate wellness, employee well-being was not as common. And if Apple had that program, I on the executive floor with Steve was not privy to it. We were too busy working. (laughs) So um, I have to admit that that wasn't really a thing back then, at least on that, you know, on the executive floor. But Steve knew it and he did it. But that was one of his, I would say, downfalls as a leader that he didn't, you know, insist and encourage his people to do the same. It's like he was more focused on himself. I bet you now if he were, you know, in this day and time, he definitely would. But back then it was more about his personal practice. And as I was closely working with him, I didn't even realize that at the time in hindsight, when I connect the dots and see how he was as successful as he was and kept his energy levels high, I connected the dots of how his self-care drove his success. But now companies have corporate wellness, employee well-being programs, and they all understand, not all, a lot of companies understand the value of keeping your employees healthy and happy is good for the business. Of course. Nas, what is the main message you hope readers will take away from your book? Well, I hope that they, you know, um, choose to become the CEO of their well-being and take charge of all areas of their life so they can truly live their best life. Mm, Absolutely. What is bliss for Nas Beheshti? Bliss is being the CEO of your well-being because well-being at the highest level is very holistic and it's being bliss, having bliss in all areas of your life, experiencing bliss in all areas of your life, not just one, but all areas. I want to ask you, I I love that you co-founded this Rise to Shine, which is a nonprofit helping to alleviate the suffering of young children in Haiti. Can you tell us more about this nonprofit briefly? Yeah, so my a few of our my friends and I decided that when we were working for corporate that we were very unfulfilled and not really making an impact that we wanted and so we decided that we want to start a nonprofit and help the most vulnerable population which are children and then we did some research and saw that Haiti was had the most the highest infant mortality rates in the Western Hemisphere. We wanted it to be close to home so we could go and and you know be close to it and travel there often. And then 
right after we made this decision on Haiti, the earthquake hit in Haiti. So it was just really, um, it was a big sign that we made the right choice. And so we started this school and we're serving, you know, 70 kids every day, serving them three meals a day, um, teachers teaching them, you know, music. I mean, they're young, they're five months to, uh, four or five years old. And before they go to, you know, preschool, first grade. And these are kids who uh, were subject to, you know, abject poverty. And we would find some of them just on the side of the street, no home or, or that best case living in a tent city. And so giving them an opportunity and their family an opportunity uh, for a future is how we chose the kids. That's wonderful. That's so what, you know, I think when it comes down to it, when we're in service, we're always um, in our best place, right? When we're in service to others, um, utilizing all of our talents and gifts that you obviously have so many of, that's, that, that's you just can't help but be in a wonderful place of being and of uh of well-being, I think, when you're helping the well-being of others. So good for you. That's just wonderful stuff. Uh, what is the best way to get in touch with you, Nas, and follow you on social media? And of course, purchase your book. So you can find um, more about me and my book at nasbeheshti.com. I also have my corporate wellness site, which is pranaz.com, P-R-A-N-A-N-A-Z.com. And then I'm on all social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram as nasbeheshti. On Facebook, I'm Naz Beheshti Speaker, and I'm also on Clubhouse as Naz Beheshti. It's been so fantastic to have you here today, and congratulations again on this beautiful book, and uh, I think it's going to be helping a lot of people. Thank you so much, Judy. It was such a pleasure to connect with you today. You too. We're going to go on a short commercial break, more with Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio when we come back. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we're joined now by musician and children's entertainer, Kayla Gorin. So I've known our next guest since my kids were babies, and she used to sing every Friday at our home, along with 12 other two-year-olds. Our singing group with renowned children's entertainer Kayla Gorin lasted for many years. And really, for the past 30 plus years, Kayla has been teaching children and parents alike the joy that music can bring to their lives, playing guitar and singing since she was nine years old with a degree in music, a BFA, from York University and as a music educator at Toronto's Hillcrest Progressive School and Camp, and currently 
at Leo Beck Day School, Kayla has established herself very firmly in Toronto as the leader in schools and in parent-child interactive music programs. And Kayla's unique history as a performer, writer, entertainer, and educator has allowed her to create music all across every genre and has marked her place in the Toronto music scene. Kayla continues to pursue her adult singing and songwriting and live performances. Her children's songwriting has resulted in three popular children's CDs, The Purple Birthday Cake, one of my favorites, a Hanukkah collection entitled Come Spin With Me, and the Parents' Choice award-winning Splish Splash Ker Plash, as well as a live DVD of her annually celebrated Hanukkah concert. Kayla has also performed live on television on CTV, CHCH, YTV, Global TV's Heart in the City, and Treehouse TV, as well as live on stage all across North America. And I get to see her singing her adult music, beautiful songs that she has written and composed and sings and covers uh, every Sunday on Jake's Jam. And it's always a real treat. Kayla, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you so much, Judy. It's so great to have you. So, Kayla, as I mentioned, I've always known you as a children's entertainer. And then I hadn't seen you for years until about a year ago when I started seeing you every Sunday on the incredible Ellen Schwartz's Jake Sunday Jam. And I remember reading about you in Ellen's book, Lessons from Jacob. And I remember her telling me about you when she did this show. And I'm wondering if you can tell us about your relationship with Jacob Schwartz and what an impact he has had on your life. Well, I was doing a music circle and Ellen was there with her son, Jacob, and her sister-in-law, Jennifer, and her son, Zachary. And, you know, she was there every week, and then all of a sudden, she wasn't there. And so I said to, to Jennifer, Jennifer, do you know where Ellen is? And she happened to mention that she was struggling with his health, and they were unaware exactly what was going on. And I remember saying, well, here, here's a couple CDs. Why don't you, you know, give them to Ellen? Maybe some music will make him feel better. Anyways, uh, the next thing I know, I found out he's not been well. He's been going through some terrible struggling. And he was here in Toronto at Sick Kids Hospital. And I thought, well, you know, I, I want to go and visit, but I don't know what to do. So I thought, I'll just bring my guitar and I'll sing to him. You know, in the memories of the songs that we were singing at our music class. And he was in a coma. And then all of a sudden, I start playing and his eyes open. And I'm sure, I'm, I'm not sure it was me personally, but maybe the music, maybe he was just waiting to come out of that coma. I don't know. But I felt it was truly a blessing and it was the most wonderful feeling. And I've been in contact with Ellen ever since. That's so incredible. And uh, it's just a wonderful story. And I think every time you sing, and we especially felt this this past Sunday when you sang and Ellen was in Jacob's room, it just sort of all came to the fore and all those memories came flooding back. And what I love about Jake's jam is that I feel he's there, that he's part of the jam. And there's just something very magical about what happens every Sunday. And I love seeing you there. And what I love is seeing this whole new side of you, Kayla, because I always knew you, as I said, as a children's entertainer, the foremost one in Canada. 
And all of a sudden, I hear you doing covers of all kinds of really amazing songs. In fact, um, our producer actually said to me last night, you know, Kayla reminds me of an acoustic Stevie Nicks. Uh, (laughs) And and she said, particularly, I don't know, the song Rhiannon, when she was part of Fleetwood Mac, just reminds me of Kayla's vibe and Kayla's voice. And I said, actually, that's a good song for her to cover. So, uh, but anyway, you you don't really sing children's songs on Jake's Jam, even though every once in a while we beg you for children's purple birthday cake. Uh, but you are a songwriter and a singer with a huge repertoire, singing adult music. And I love your singing. Can you tell us about your trajectory as an adult singer in addition to being a children's performer? Well, it's funny. My journey didn't start off as a children's entertainer. I When I was nine years old, my... My cousin came to the house and he was playing guitar, a guitar and he was singing. And I thought, you know, that's what I want to do. And it started there. And I think that my decision to be a songwriter happened very quickly. I, I wrote my first song when I was 12 years old. I entered the Qantas Music Festival. I won lots of accolades. I studied guitar in London, Ontario from the adjudicator that I met at the Kiwanis Music Festival and studied classical guitar and studied folk guitar and jazz. And I just loved the guitar. Hugging the guitar on your chest and singing is so emotionally rewarding. And it's like a friend constantly there, you know? And so adult songwriting came first. And I moved to Toronto when I was studying at York University, getting a degree in music. And one of my friends said to me, you know what, Kayla, I've got this gig at Hillcrest and it's a camp and you're going to love this gig because you're outside all the time and you're with kids and and you, you get to just sort of do listening and, and playing by ear and it'll be interesting. And that started me listening to their music and saying, this, this music's so lame and it's like the stuff that I played when I was five years old and one thing led to another and the next thing I knew I was writing children's music trying to enhance the songs because really children's songwriting is the same as adult songwriting you need a good hook and you need a great concept and in many ways the journey of getting into children's music was a nice one because you didn't have to write so introspective music. You could write about themes that were not so personal, like colors and friendship and relationships with with animals. And that's just wonderful. And that's sort of how that all came about. Can we hear a little bit of Purple Birthday Cake? Because it is one of the things you're famous for. You also have an album called Purple Birthday Cake. It's everybody's favorite. How, what inspired you to write this song? Because it's it's like the hit for everybody. Well, you're going to laugh when I tell you this one. Because at the time, Barney, the big purple dinosaur, was hugely famous. And everybody was like, I got to have a purple shirt. I want to have a purple this. And I said, oh, purple this and purple that. And my songwriting partner, Carl Ritchie, who um, used to live in Toronto, but now resides in New York. He came up with this idea of all these wonderful words about his niece. And his niece's name is Amy. And I gather that she came to him one day and said, you know, I wish I had a purple birthday cake because of Barney. So he wrote the lyrics and sent them along to me. And I sat down and 
the next thing I knew, there was this purple birthday cake. <laughs> Let's have a listen to a little bit of our favorite childhood tune. But I have to admit, even as an adult, I love it. Here is Kayla Gorin singing this beautiful song that she wrote uh, with Carl Ritchie called Purple Birthday Cake. I know a little girl. Her name is Amy Lee. Now, she lived in my neighborhood when she was nearly three. Her birthday was on the way and she asked me to bake a really special treat for her, a purple birthday cake. Amy, Amy, what do you mean? Can't it be red, yellow, orange, or green? Oh, I just love that, Kayla. And I should tell all our listeners who may not be able to see this is that Kayla is wearing purple in honor of purple birthday cake. Wow, <laughs> that's so fantastic. We were starting to talk about about your adult music. But before we go into that, I, I found it so fascinating when doing the research to discover that you were brought up in the theater capital of Canada in Stratford, Ontario. What was that like growing up in that mecca of art and theater and performing? And I mean, that must have been so cool. Well, you know, when you when you live in a small town and there's only one theater and that theater brings you in a movie once every three months. You have to find ways to entertain yourself. And you will be so surprised to find out that every one of my friends are musicians. And still to this day, we play, we write music together. Um, the song that you're going to listen to, my friend who I grew up with, it was the person who recorded the tracks. And so really, Stratford was, as you said, an arts town. You know, there, there were artists all around. There were theater people in town that came by every summer and we'd be jamming on the streets and playing and they'd be singing in sometimes, joining in. And really, that was a fascinating place to grow up. And I think if you live in a small town, you get that opportunity. What a marvelous opportunity. Were you, was your, is your family um, and your parents and the rest of your family musical as well as you? Or did they were they huge music appreciators or... Well, my mother loved to sing. She had a beautiful voice and my grandmother loved to sing. But my my father, you know, he was an optometrist and, you know, and nobody else in the family except uh, I have a very famous cousin, Brian Katz, who's a very well-known international jazz guitar player. And he was the one that came to the house and sort of got me on that road. And uh, so I guess, and I do have another very famous uh, songwriting cousin, Stacy Hirsch, who writes for music and for film and television in Los Angeles. So I guess somehow it filtered through. Isn't that wonderful? Well, lucky for us because we get to uh, we get to enjoy it, and we're so grateful. I love your song, Kayla, called "In Your Eyes." Can you tell us what inspired to write this song? Well, I've been writing a lot of children's music for a long time, and I. You know, we all go on these journeys where you're in relationships and relationships change. And I hadn't written a song for my internal self for a very long time. And I was sitting in Sherwood Park and out of nowhere, it came to me. You know, I was on the journey of a, a new relationship and it came to me. And that was the first song that I'd written in 22 years. That was my adult journey, which has taken me further since that's so wonderful. I'm so excited to listen to it again. It's quite beautiful. Everyone, let's have a listen to Kayla's song, In Your Eyes. It never rains, 
there is no pain And my heart is full and whole It's in your eyes, in your eyes, in your eyes When I arrive it's in your eyes, in your eyes, in your eyes When I arrive it's in your eyes That's so gorgeous, Kayla. I love that song. It's so beautiful. Kayla, you went to York University, as you mentioned, for your music degree. Can you describe that period and what made you decide you wanted to major major in music? Because that's a major decision. A lot of majors. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting journey in itself. So I wanted to go on the road and be in a band. And I was going to be the next Joni Mitchell. That's what I wanted to do. I only wanted to sing adult music and everything. And my mother said to me, well, I just want you to know that you are welcome to do that after. If you want, you have a degree behind you because you don't know the future. And a wise mother once told me that. And I am so thankful that my mother said that because as it turned out, that education has made a huge impact on my ability to be a music educator today. Absolutely. So mother knows best. Always. It's so true. My dad was the one actually who said the same thing to me when I wanted to fly off to Utah Hagen in New York or the Lee Strasberg School. And he said, get an education, be a person before you can be an actress, and then we'll talk. But uh, it also, it was very sage advice. You teach guitar for children as well. If anyone in our audience would like to learn the guitar at any age, and I'm going to say now from 9 to 99, do you have any tips for how they can get started and what can keep them going? Because some people pick it up, but they don't stay with it. You stayed with it. There's a very big difference. That's a good question. Um, When I'm teaching guitar, I teach in a way that almost immediately they're singing songs. And you don't need a lot of um, chords to play a lot of songs today. There's a lot of songs that are written that are three-chord songs. And if you like to sing and you like to perform, then I think that helps. But the staying power comes from within, I think. You have to desire to want to be a player. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you have to be passionate, but you also have to work hard. I think a lot of people don't realize that there's there's hard work involved. And I know that you work hard at it. And, I, and I'm so amazed at how prolific you are with your, with your um, songwriting for children and for adults. It's really incredible. And you even do a show that stars a famous dog. Can you tell us more about your mascot and the show Kayla with Ralph the dog? Well, I used to work for Pokeroo. Um, for TV Ontario. I was the front singer. And as you know, if you know, Pokeroo, he says, Pokeroo, 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 <laughs> to any question that you ask or any song you want to sing with him. And so um, after that stint was over, I, I noticed that when I was entertaining the kids, they really loved seeing the mascot. And so I created my friend, Ralph, who funnily enough is my father's name is Ralph. And um I called him Ralph because instead of him saying Pokeroo, he could go, Ralph, 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 right? So that's kind of how the name started. And he became like the universal child. He would get into trouble. He would do all the things you shouldn't do. And so I could teach children lessons by using him as a foil. And it was a lot of fun. And I got to travel to many different concert halls. And he was a big, huge costume character with 
It's like a shaggy dog, but imagine a man inside a costume and that's taller than I am with his big head. And I, he's so cute when he tried to sit and I tried to teach them how I taught him to stand on his paws on two hands to reach for a cookie. And, and kids believe everything. And that's the wonderfulness <laughs> of young children. Uh, that was going to be my next question is what do you love about working with children and singing and performing for children? Does it keep you young? Oh boy, does it ever. And you know what? They, they're so honest. This is the one thing that I learned very on early on in my career that say you're at a, say a birthday party and you're singing and all of a sudden there's not one person in the room that if they're not happy and they're not, engaged, they're not going to be polite. They're not like an adult audience who will hackle you or, or chat. They just leave the room. Absolutely. So I had to learn very early on how to keep them engaged. And they always amaze me. They're so intelligent, so smart. And kids love you. Kids absolutely. Well, I was saying off the top of the show that normally you would do a Kayla class, as we used to call it, you know, for three months or four months. We started at a good friend of mine, Jill Weinstein's house, when the kids were three, when Lily and Sophie were three months old. It lasted till they were four years old. It was the highlight of the week, kind of like Jake's Jam is for everyone now. I, I remember when I was in nursery school and I was, I gather, at nursery school, you're probably three and the teacher would come out and it was not every day. She would sit down at the piano and she'd bring out a box of little instruments and she would let you pick and she would play the piano to Baba Black Sheep and Old MacDonald, very standards. And we would march around the room. And I still to this day feel that joy that that teacher gave to me. And maybe that's kind of why I ended up being a children's entertainer, because I loved it so much. That's so incredible, Kayla. You know, you've connected with so many people through music, especially your connection to Jacob and the wonderful Ellen Schwartz. You know, I actually can't believe that Ellen started Jake's Jam over a year ago and it's still going strong. And so your song Time Races By really struck a chord for me, and I think it will for our listeners too. What was the inspiration behind the song? Well, you know, this idea that we all think that We'll put something on the back burner because, you know, we'll do it tomorrow. And the next thing you know, it's like time keeps racing by and you think you've got a lifetime to do the things you want. And then you wake up and time is staring back at you and you realize. And I think that was the reason that song came to be. Well, it's quite beautiful. Let's have a listen, everyone, to Time Races On by Kayla Gorin. Days crawl, years fly. That's what it cost Just to get by The clock doesn't stop For innocence lost It just keeps racing by Oh, that's just beautiful, Kayla. I love that song. You know something, Judy? We talked about Stratford. So what you're hearing besides my guitar playing is the production by my friend from Stratford, my longtime buddy since we were teenagers. He has done all the guitar arrangements, all the music, and my friend Fred Chapolino is singing harmony. Also my friend from Stratford. So you see, growing up in that small town, these are still the people who I am firmly connected to. That's just gorgeous. Thank you so much for letting us listen to that beautiful song. We, we actually have even more music from Kayla, but first we're going to go to a short commercial break. 
more with Finding Your Bliss and the very talented Kayla Gorin when we come back. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we're joined by the very talented musician and children's entertainer, Kayla Gorin. Kayla, we're, I'm loving all this music. I could do this with you for, for uh, two hours. It's so fantastic. Tell us about the song, Tic-Tac-Toe. I love that song. What made you write it? What's it all about? Well, really... You know, you're always coming up as a songwriter trying to find a more creative way to write a love song because probably there are billions and billions of love songs. So I was looking for an angle and I was, you know, as a children's entertainer and thinking about tic-tac-toe. And I said, you know, well, what if you tic-tac-toed my heart, you know, like an in- in- interception of a Cupid's dart. That sort of started that thought process. And the next thing I know, you tic-tac-toed my heart was a song. That's so fantastic. So get your X's and your O's together and your pens and uh, papers. And let's have a listen to Tic-Tac-Toe by Kayla Gorin. You tic-tac-toed my heart An interception of a Cupid star I feel love's attention pulse through my heart Steered in your direction, never to part Blindsided by your love's decree Mesmerized by your love's plea Your love is one of life's mysteries I got shot by a cupid's dog You tic-tac-toed my heart Oh, I just love that, Kayla. I wish you could have seen me. I was sitting in my chair just rocking it out. <laughs> it's so catchy and so fun. And I just love that song. You can ask my producer, Siobhan, I, the whole time. I was like, I want to make sure that song makes it in. I love it. Congratulations. Well, I'm so happy you do. Thank you. So great. So I know when we listen to you, it's pretty blissful. What is bliss for Kayla Gorin? Well, you know, we've been locked down now for over a year. And that lockdown afforded me an opportunity that I don't normally have, which is time. I've been able to be inside and doing a lot of Zooming when I was teaching. And um, by doing that, it created an opportunity for me to join Jake's Jam and to spend some time picking up and covering some cover tunes and going through and backtracking and listening to some of the songs that I'd written before. And, and it just, that's my bliss. My bliss is now playing my guitar, having an, having the time to try to cover new tunes and getting to spend time with Jake's jam and all the people who have so much to offer these 
the young artists that come out there every day, the artists who have specialities, that is truly been a blissful moment for me this year. Absolutely. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. It has been for me as well. What is the best way for people to contact you, Kayla, and connect with you on social media? Um, you can always find me at my website, which is what do I do? I make music. My name is Kayla. So it's Kayla Music. And you can always reach me at Kayla at Kayla Music. And I'm Canadian. So my website <laughs> is .ca. That's fantastic. And Kayla, everyone is spelled K-A-Y-L-A. And her full name is Kayla Gorin, G-O-R-E-N. I want to thank you so much, Kayla, for being on the show today. It's been so delightful having you. It really has. Well, it's been an honor to be here. And I'm so happy that we have been able to reconnect. And I've had this opportunity to see how amazing your own daughter is at singing and I remember her at three and maybe <laughs> who knows my my little bit of music in her life when she was little led to her bliss absolutely I think that would be very true I would agree with that 100% I can't wait to see you on Sunday Kayla on Jake's Sunday Jam we'll be there for sure Look forward to it. Thank you so much for being here. Each week we spotlight a singer, songwriter, or musician on the show. If you're a singer, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. And if you're an author, artist, writer, or anyone who has found and is following their bliss, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at FYB at findingyourbliss.com. Also, we encourage you all to visit us at Finding Your Bliss magazine at findingyourbliss.com. And of course, you can follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. And in Bliss News, make sure to order your limited edition Bliss Bracelet, which is available by going to www.findingyourbliss.com slash shop. The Bliss Bracelet is the perfect gift for Mother's Day made with genuine and colorful Zorowski crystals and 14 karat gold filled beads and a special secret inside the box to help you take one step closer to finding your bliss. Also in Bliss News, we're excited to announce that we've been doing an exciting giveaway all week with the beautiful clothing store, Honey. I love their spring and summer collection. Flirty dresses, pretty pastels and gorgeous sets. The pieces and colors are absolutely stunning. To enter this fabulous giveaway valued at $150, all you have to do is go to at the Bliss Minute and to at Honey Stores on Instagram for all the contest details. The contest closes on Tuesday, May 4th at 6 p.m. I would like to thank my guests, Naz Beheshti and Kayla Gorin for being on the show today. And also a big thank you to our supervising producer, Mag Ruffman, production manager, Siobhan Kiley, PA researcher and editor, Haley Allegia, audio producer, Faz Kazi, and to everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. This show has been recorded on Squadcast. We're going to close out the show today with a short quote about staying positive during these times. And here it is. Stop being afraid of what can go wrong and start being positive about what can go right. For everyone here, I'm Judy Liebrack reminding you to pause, breathe, and choose optimism and take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.